Oh my god, what am I doing? Hi everybody, thank you for joining me today. Welcome to my channel, Just Thinking Out Loud. I hope that you are doing well. Don't forget that you can support the channel by making a one-time donation at paypal.me slash justthinkingoutloud or at patreon.com slash justthinkingoutloud by making a monthly donation. This is a response video to the recent controversy on YouTube and in the alternative media about race realism and I'm going to give my thoughts on what happened. Just off the bat, I don't consider this video to be entertainment. It is going to be as long as it needs to be, although I'll try to be concise. I've been really thinking about it and it's such a fine line to draw between those things that I'm not even sure that I can do it. But as an artist, I'm going to try and keep my hands steady and make that line. To answer the question, I think that race realism becomes bigotry when assumptions are made about the individual, but when noticing patterns and talking about society, I don't think so. In specific response to Rage After Storm's video, I thought that the reaction was strong and maybe not necessary, but I think it was healthy and also to be expected. There is a difference between recognizing patterns among people that explain what happens in society or then throwing them into categories that have assigned characteristics and then assuming no change is possible and using deductive logic to play God with their lives. It is akin to flirting with darkness and if you do not recognize your own capacity for evil, then you might not even realize what you are doing. To be perfectly honest, I don't like the topic. I'm just a person that tries to face her fears so that they don't run my life and because I am black and a woman and someone who would be identified as those things in the society that I am in, I think that it might be easier for people to hear this information from someone like me and I think that I am comfortable with it because I have exposed myself to the information. I don't like talking about people through a remote and clinical view, but I am also a curious person and I think that what Rage After Storm was talking about was extremely important and relevant in today's society as IQ becomes more more important in an increasingly technology-driven world and because of the identity politics and blame game that is being shoved down our throats and the promotion of a culture that does not select for IQ where it is needed most. I don't think that her video needed to have been taken down but I think that everyone has the right to react to how they want to and I do think that it was negative and not all of her statements were true. I was considering putting this at the end but I really think it's important to talk about so I'm going to put it here. I want to talk about my personal and emotional reaction to the data because I think that an emotional reaction is healthy and I do not wish to remove the feelings from the data because the persons who push the data also have their biases and agendas and feelings and they most certainly come into play when they are talking about the topic. I think the walls that people have in their minds are important due to the context of the world that we live in, the racial violence of the past, especially in the US where a lot of people think about these things and also the general tribalism that is present in human beings. I also want to point out that racial discrimination does not need any proof of inferiority or superiority for it occur though I think that's what people inferred from the video. This is evidenced by the history of intertribal warfare in the world that was mostly not across the color line. I personally had a very big block when I first encountered the data. I was a long time listener of Mr. Molyneux's show when he used to talk about religion and not really multiculturalism. I stopped listening to the show for about five months, I think, I'm not sure, when the topic of race and IQ came up. 
I first felt anger and then reluctance to find out more. I thought about my friends and family and how they may be perceived by those who don't know them. Growing up, I formed my friendships with people who were selected for based on their higher grade scores. This was not important to me and it wasn't something I was really conscious of in my daily interactions with them. In some ways, it still isn't important. I'd rather hang out with people who I share values with than people who I can exercise my brain with. Frankly, I like who I like. A big part of my close world are intelligent people, though they may not be geniuses. And this is not just a minority within a minority. Within a report, for me, it's a lot of important people in my life. So imagine what it felt like for me to hear this information. I don't want to see my friends based on their skin color because I have people from all the different racial groups due to my background and I don't want someone telling me to do that. It's not something that I ever had to do. My point is that I think that these walls we have in our mind are important. The kind of research and information that was being brought to the forefront of people's mind was and probably is still used to justify the milder forms of mistreatment and the more extreme forms of trying to exterminate peoples. But in the end, it explained a lot of what happened in the world to me. It just made a lot of things make more sense. In my opinion, I'd rather that the research not be done along racial categories, but simply looking at the actual variable. Even if the outcome would be the same, it would remove a lot of the hostility that may exist between groups. I think that looking at people as individuals is the best way to move society forward because it is precise and not unjust to the individual, even though groupings may naturally form. We all know that this is not possible as it stands in the United States and because of current immigration laws and assuming that everybody is the same and not taking these factors into account. So it is really important to bring awareness to this issue. But to move on, I think that the reaction to Rage After Storm's video was pretty strong. I thought her video was mild, but I'm also used to hearing this information and all the different opinions that come with it, including the condescension, the hate, or the feeling guilty or the compassion there, there's a wide range of emotions or the mocking the whole thing so i'm pretty used to that and i think a lot of people may not have been and that's why i wanted to include my own emotional reaction at first because technically this whole thing might also be an emotional reaction a lot of what she said made sense and was true before she started putting her own opinions into it and i did a video on race and iq that talks about the controversy but the controversy is not over the actual iq scores on average between groups but over whether or not it is genetically determined which should be partly or if it is environmental and it still would be partly i will say this again because i know how hard it is to hear it has already been established that there are different iq scores on average between racial groups a pattern that is reproducible highly controversial and therefore highly scrutinized. I may not personally know how representative all the sample sizes were, how large the sample sizes were, what the p-values were, how much they controlled for all the different variables, but I do know that the people who really didn't want it to be so eventually had to admit that it was so. Averages are averages, so there are people at the higher end and at the lower end of the populations being studied. The data does not mean that black equals low IQ, that white equals average IQ, or that East Asian equals high IQ. It is about frequency. It is not that having those phenotypes means that this phenotype is not capable of having a certain IQ. It does show a difference among the populations in the frequency at which you will find a specific individual within that group having a certain IQ score or a difference among populations in the proportion of individuals that will have a given IQ score. Regardless of IQ being more environmental or genetically determined, it does not establish 
racial inferiority or superiority. I think a lot of people got that from the video, by the way, and I did not see her say that. There are also studies that show that it is predominantly genetically determined, though I think that is still disputed, but she was not wrong to bring that up either, as far as I know. However, I always consider the fact that we are looking at a short time period in history and that there are cultures that would have been considered backwards, which are known to have improved in short periods, relatively short periods through cultural change or mate selection. I do operate from that standpoint and I also like Thomas Sowell's arguments for culture and success. However, that could just be me being hopeful. I've never heard of the language points that she made and I think they could, were probably inaccurate, though I could be wrong. However, I, I don't really feel qualified to talk about it. And relating violence to the black community through genes, I also don't know enough about, but I would think that the environment would have a lot of influence in how those genes are expressed, especially things like father presence, which is sorely lacking in many black communities. In general, these topics usually come off as sounding pretty far out if you haven't heard of it before and because they always seem as if there's no change possible and because it's talking about these categories as if they are discrete lines between populations even though it is about clusters that do have some overlap. I also see a lack of empathy being displayed by many people who talk about these topics and it seems as if they see people as pawns to be moved around on a chessboard. Dividing people into these categories to make decisions about societies is logical but it is not precise. I am not saying that these categories don't exist. I do think that if you have these categories in terms of talking about society to help people which is always, you're always hearing that nowadays, then it is just as real when talking about organizing society and looking at variables that might influence the success of these groups. This is coming from someone who was not really aware of her race until way later, much later in my life, even sometime after having been in the United States, and I still think those things are true. And I consider that time period of my life as what a lot of people would want to experience when they talk about not seeing race or race not being real. If these discrete categories of racial compositions cannot be drawn between human beings, then I would much rather people focus on the actual variable than using race as a proxy for these desirable or undesirable traits. But it has to be spoken of in a society where everything is already filtered through the lens of race, and if it is used to place blame on groups, which also means placing blame on the individual, and then using it to justify removing the rights of others. I was also trying to be practical and down to earth about my response to the video. Would I be able to sit down with Rage after Storm and have a meal with her having listened to that video? There are lots of people who talk about this data that I think I would be able to do that with, but could I do that with her? I wasn't sure of it, but I was more on the no side. I had to really try and pin down what it was that I didn't like about the video because it was just, you know, some reactions going on even though my head was working. So I had to think about watch which points I didn't like and try and figure out why. I would never say something like blacks show a thirst for tribal mentality. I think that's an untrue statement and tribalism is something that is displayed by pretty much everybody. The part about language that maybe was inaccurate I think could have been particularly offensive to people because language is our means of self-expression. It is how we show ourselves to the world and how we communicate who we are, what a lot of people would call their soul or their essence, who they are inside, how they show it to everybody else. 
and self-expression is something that people really cherish and hold dear to their hearts. I don't know if she was aware of that consciously and I'm not trying to make it sound more meaningful than it is, but it is very meaningful. Even if we're not fully aware of it, I knew there was something I really didn't like about that bit of the video. So the general tone of the video sounded condescending, even though the information was mostly accurate towards the end, I think it sort of got muddled. But YouTube videos tend to do better when people show that kind of mockery and you know sort of sort of roasting their enemies so she is running a channel and i think that you know if i met her and she displayed some behavior that gave me evidence to dispel what i saw being shown there i would not hold this against her that being said the importance of this information to me is in the context of explaining differences in group outcomes it explains what is happening in the world sheds a different light on the mainstream narrative of exploitation and oppression to explain differences in outcomes between groups using racial categories even if you think iq is not a valid measure of intelligence because it ignores other skills it is still a measurable variable that explains not all but much of an individual's success in our modern world it gives an answer that is concrete and measurable rather than relying on questions or assumptions that can't really be answered about a person's motive when they are denying someone an opportunity or not. And explains why, even though discriminatory laws have been removed, some groups still underperform relative to others, and why even when discriminatory laws have been in place, some groups still succeed anyway if they're in the society that rewards having high IQ. It also explains why immigrants from cultures with average IQ do better as their higher IQ members are self-selected from those societies. If IQ is related to culture, then blaming others for people's bad behavior or having social programs that reward self-indulgent behavior and remove the consequences of bad decisions will not lead to producing a culture that selects for or produces high IQ and its associated behavior like long-term thinking. This information is important no matter which way you take it. This is moving away from the drama on YouTube, but I really want to say that when it comes to these topics, you cannot play God with people's lives. You cannot make plans for other people. You can make plans for yourself. You can try to persuade. But ultimately, you don't make the decision to help someone in a third world country that results in population growth or you don't make the decision on who someone decides to mate and whether or not it fits in with your ideal society. If it were as nature intended, then you don't need to draw plans for it to happen. I haven't really seen people call for this. It's more like they stand on the border, but we're all wary of that happening. So I want to put it into my video. I know that government programs are coercive in themselves. So even though I don't agree with the mindset, I do have sympathy for people who would rather live among those who look like them. But those communities should be formed voluntarily, which sometimes I think isn't even possible because usually, when people have these plans and others don't act in accordance with them, they fix the glitch in their perfect vision by removing the choice of others. Two people can have the same information but decide to do something different with it. So it's not obvious that this is the path to go because of these differences among us. The last thing I want to say is that I do believe these types of controversies today are due to the narrative of social justice. People will always be interested in these topics because we are curious. But the relevancy of it, I think, does diminish 
when we are not already living in a society that views everything through this imprecise lens of racial categories as proxies for traits. I think the use of racial categories to promote social justice fits perfectly with a racial supremacist view of the world, where the group a person belongs to is more important than the displayed characteristics of that person. Personally, I am just as bothered by people boxing me into a category in order to help me and in order to be in solidarity with me based on a superficial trait as by people boxing me into a category because they may think I am inferior in some way due to a hasty label being attached by pattern-making human beings. So that's what I think about what happened. I hope that my video is insightful, informative, and helpful. Have an awesome day. Thank you for watching. Bye. Testing, 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 testing.